It's so fucking funny. Like fucking Ohio. No, it's Pasadena. There are literal palm trees. They're clearly on the Santa Monica Canal at one point. God, did they just think that nobody would know? I, the 80s were a wild time. That's true. That's very true. I am disappointed, though, that you're not wearing your red and green sweater today. <laughs> it's very hot in my room still. That's true. That's fair. It's I'm still tank top tank weather top, in here. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty much wearing a tank top, too. But anyway, aside from what we're wearing, hey, babe. Yeah, babe. Remember that time we watched A Nightmare on Elm Street? Oh, you mean the movie that Chris Nolan ripped off to make Inception? Hilarious. Yes. Absolutely. That's right. We're talking about the 1984 Wes Craven film that launched Johnny Depp's career, apparently. Uh Uh-huh. He was such a little baby in this. Yeah, he is tiny. Before he became very problematic. (laughs) Um, So I'm Nicole. I'm Tover. And we're the Horror Babes, here to make October spooky. Yep, we're here to bring you the Queens of Scream still. Yes, and this is such a great one to talk about. This is our third Wes Craven. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. He's very, very prominent. Hey, babe. Yeah, babe. forget that he's dead and he has been for like five years yeah and i'm sad every single time i remember it's like elaine stretch i always forget that she died that is sad because she's so lively in like 30 rock yeah sprightly even yeah for sure (laughs) she's a hilarious part of that show i love her so much yeah so you guys know the drill we're going to talk about who made this thing we're going to shout out the cast and crew and then we're going to give a rundown of the plot and then we're going to go into a further analysis of said plot We have so much to say. This movie is so fun. It's one of my favorites. It's it's so dumb. It's so goofy, but it it is legitimately scary in parts. Like yeah, it's just all around really fun. Yeah, and Craven's just such a good he's such a good director and writer who references everything. Yeah, he also like he also really had to fight to come up in the game. Yeah, he really did. He scrapped and fought for his career. Nothing was handed to him, and I respect that. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely in that crew of, in, of like early indie horror directors that we love. Yeah, I mean, he's in an interview. He says horror movies don't win Academy Awards, but they can make a fuck ton of money. Yeah. So I love that quote. Yeah. Because it's true. Nobody really respects it in the in the award industry. Yeah, that was um, something we actually forgot to mention during our Psycho episode is that yeah. Anthony Perkins wasn't considered for an Oscar and he fucking should have been. Totally. I, I guess sometimes I just don't even think about the awards because I just think that they're bullshit. They're stupid um, and I desperately want to win one. Right. Yeah, that's kind of <laughs> I feel like that's kind of the general consensus is yeah. everyone is like they're stupid, but like, God. I would love to have that attached to my name. Uh, Academy uh, Award winning director or actor or producer, yeah. like whatever. But yeah, I, it, I do love that he was part of this little indie crew that included John Carpenter, Sam Raimi. Definitely. I would put Bruce Campbell in that category too, even though he didn't direct. He was a part of the writing crew for the Evil Dead series. Yeah. And speaking of that, uh, there's this fun little t- game of like tag between mm-hmm. Sam Raimi and Wes Craven. Yes. So, Please go into that because yes. I don't know if I don't know if um, 
an average or I don't know if anyone would have caught on to this. Maybe yeah. some. Yeah. So Wes Craven directed The Hills Have Eyes. Yes. That is one of his. The, his first film was that uh, his first film was The Last House on the Left. Mm-hmm. But The Hills Have Eyes is what made his name happen. Got it. So Sam Raimi loves that film. Uh-huh. And so in The Evil Dead, the original, there's a, I think we even mentioned this in our two-parter, but there's a poster for The Hills Have Eyes in the cabin. Yeah. So Craven saw that, and then in 1984, when he made A Nightmare on Elm Street, has Nancy watching The Evil Dead on her little TV. It's just so cute. Yeah. It's so cute. And there's more and more after that, but that, those are the like two sort of, first, that's where it started, was Raimi through a Craven reference, and then Craven throws Raimi a reference, and they just keep going back and forth. Like, I think there's Wes Craven references in the Spider-Man movies. I love it. I love that they're just like an indie group. And they yeah. also made some of the most iconic monsters because yes. I think I think back when these actually came out, I was admittedly not alive yet. Sure. Um, but I think they were just considered monster movies. Like people didn't use the term horror for these movies. It was like, let's go see the new monster flick or yeah. whatever the slang was back then. <laughs> let's it go see boss. the new the new monster <laughs> movie, it, which almost to me, I feel like... I feel like these movies, especially since this one has so many sequels and so many um, versions, along with like Halloween and other. Yeah. Um, well, that's the other reference that he makes. He puts Halloween in Scream. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And uh, so I feel like maybe back back in um, the 80s, this was like our Marvel movies. Like on a yeah. Friday night, you take a date to go see the new Marvel movie so that you can talk about it with like all right. your friends. And I feel like, let's go see the new monster movie. There's a new Nightmare on Elm Street. There's a new yeah. Halloween. There's a new this and that. And it was just all about the monster. Yeah. And it was like, yeah, who's going to be the new, like Friday the 13th too. Like who's going to be the new villain that we all like, it's like, oh, who would win in a fight? Like that's I remember growing up, that's what we talked about a yeah. lot. Was like, oh, well, because you were getting Freddy versus Jason, Alien versus Predator. Exactly. You were getting all of these things. And so like Marvel versus DC. DC. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's I mean, that was all I talked about as a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like me and all my friends in the early nineties hanging out in the playground, playing Pokemon. But not on our Game Boys, just like doing it IRL. Yeah. Just pretending that we were Pokemon and trainers and fighting each other. And Adorable. Yeah. But I've never not been a dork. True. (laughs) True. I've known you for almost three years now. That's true. So, yes, this is a monster film. Yeah. And in the monster slasher world. But what comes with that? is a perfect scream queen. Yes. We so I guess love. I should, yeah. I guess I should jump in and talk about who made it then. Yes, please do. I'm sorry I, I was so hasty earlier. No, it's okay. <laughs> but yeah, please. So like I said, written and directed by Wes Craven. Mm-hmm. We have, I'm just going to do the credits in order as they are on IMDb. Sure. Uh, I think this is how they're listed in at the end of the film. In the credits, yeah. So John Saxon, who is a fantastic like B character actor, mm-hmm. he's been in so many different horror things, but this is one of the ones he's known most for. Yeah. He was also in Into the Dragon, which is one of my favorite movies. Nice. Um, and he plays Lieutenant Thompson. That is Nancy, Long and, uh, Nancy Thompson's father, uh-huh. uh, the local like police chief or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, Nancy Thompson's played by Heather Longenkamp. He's got a terrible haircut. Oh, it's so bad. It's so bad. It's like it looks a weird like Mark Caesar. Zuckerberg's. Yeah. Yeah, weird Caesar haircut. We've got Renee Blakely as Marge Thompson, Nancy's mm-hmm. father, and Lieutenant Thompson's ex-wife. Amanda Weiss as Tina Gray. Nick Corey as Rod Lane. Mm-hmm. Johnny Depp as Glenn Lance. 
And that's kind of it for uh, main cast, except for Robert Englund as Fred Krueger. They had a really hard time finding. Yeah. I mean, as you have, you have so many like superhuman things to live up to if you're going in for something superhuman. Yeah. So they had a really hard time finding an actor mm-hmm. that wasn't as that like. A lot of the people they went through were too compassionate towards children. Yeah, they were very gentle with the kids. Which when I like when I read this interview, I was kind of thinking like, wow, what does that say about Robert? (laughs) It says that he commits to the craft. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. But I also it it was just kind of funny the way they talked about it being like they were too compassionate towards children. So we didn't (laughs) give them the job. But then this guy came around. Yeah, I was like, what? Yeah, Um, it's funny. Kane Hodder was one of the first uh, people considered for Freddie. Mm hmm. Do you know who he ended up playing? Who? Jason. Hilarious. Right? Well, I mean, I I, I kind of, I, I like that. Yeah. It's, like, it's just this so fun, close, yeah. but no cigar, but we'll keep you in. We'll call yeah. you. Um, <laughs> that's the dream. You're like, you're like, well, I didn't get this one. Well, right. it's not the dream, but it's like dream number two, I guess. Definitely. Then we've got the music from Charles Bernstein. Uh, another like famous, well, like hardworking horror composer he mm-hmm. also did the music for Cujo yeah Jacques Haken is another horror cinematographer like he's just done everything but he also did Venom recently yeah so that's cool that is cool uh David Miller was a special makeup effects artist and Kathy Logan was the primary makeup stylist got it which I love like cool. yeah no props mad props that I mean, the the costume design in this is fantastic. The makeup is amazing in this because that yeah. means all that special effects and all that means is like, that's the blood, that's the cuts, that's the like beat up, that's Freddy. Especially for this time period, I think that the special effects and makeup are a little bit ahead of the, its time, which is really cool. Yeah, I mean, it looks really good for the time, is what I'm mm-hmm. saying. For a relatively small budget, yeah, this was a lot went into this. Yeah. They had to do an insane amount of set dressing. Yeah. I mean, it, also, I love that the sets are all very cluttered. Yeah. You know, like, Tina's room is probably the barest, but then you've got a very busy room for Nancy, very busy room for Glenn, that terrifying basement in Ooh. Nancy's house. Yeah, what like, the Like, everything feels busy and cluttered, and so it's, like, kind of and very mismatched. Stressful dread is right, how but I it, Yeah. <laughs> It like it's this like sort of background thing in your mind that makes you think like, oh, fuck, am I going to be like, definitely, which is classic horror. And also, I love that it plays into the theme Mm -hmm. of the dream throughout this. Yeah, because there's a bunch of mismatched stuff like it doesn't go together. You know, like, why do you have a random clown mask on your wall, but also like a weird boa stuffed animal and then like a sledgehammer, which is so typical of our dreams. You're like, what the fuck? Why? Yeah, everything is just like it looks like an ice pie painting. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, and we'll get into kind of like the dream logic of this. Yeah. We'll, we'll dive really far into that because 100%. that's a huge theme here. So, yeah, last thing. This was the first, one of the first films that New Line Cinema ever actually produced. They were a distributor before this. Oh. They'd only done three films, I think, as an actual production company and not just a distribution company. So, the joke about New Line Cinema is that it's the house that Freddie built. Okay. Because it that's was a, awesome. Yeah. So it was that just was under so two crazy. million for the budget. Yeah. And made fifty seven. Wow. Yeah. 
That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the dream is like get a house that Brady built. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. I love that. That's cute. Well, because later they went on to like invest in Lord of the Rings and Mm -hmm. that became a just fucking money machine. For sure. For sure. But yeah, New Line did not, it would not exist as a production company without Wes Craven and Freddy Krueger. Big shout out. Big shout out. I mean, that's how you fucking get your bank. For sure. For sure. Get that bag, honey. So... Plot. What happens? Yeah, we're, tell me all about it. So we're in Ohio, which I don't believe, but it's supposed to be completely fictitious anyway. So I guess who cares? <laughs> um, in March of 1984, we are introduced to Tina, who it has woken up from a nightmare where she's being attacked by who we now know is Freddy. Mm-hmm. He has kind of a disfigured face. He, it looks like basically, you know, his flesh has been burned. You yeah. Know? It's, it's it's very disfigured. Like melty. Um, melty, yeah, yeah. And he he wears like a um a a glove that has like basically steak knives coming out of mm-hmm. it. Um which let me just say really fast since we're at the top of the film that this is one of the best like bef- like pre title card parts of a, a movie. Ever. Oh, it just jumps like, right into the action. It, I love it. It does, and I, I, I just I respect it so much for that. How it just immediately shows you the glove with the steak knives, and you're like, oh fuck, yeah. And then it just rolls the title card. Yeah, but Craven it's is awesome. so good at that, though. Like that's one of his signatures. Is just like, no, we are here now. We are not gonna ramp up to shit. Yeah, we are starting off in the middle of shit. Yeah, like, and that's I how love Scream it. starts off mm-hmm. with a brutal murder. Yep, and this is a brutal attempted murder. Yeah, oh my god, I I I love this pre-title card. Yeah, opener. It's so awesome. So anyway, um, Tina in her nightmare is attacked by Freddy. Her mother points out that there are a couple of slashes in her nightgown, mm-hmm. um, which is the first time that the audience is like, okay, it's more than a nightmare. Yeah, you know. If you're seeing this for the first time. So the next morning, um, we meet Nancy, mm-hmm. who is Tina's um, friend, who I personally believe that, that this is where Nancy came from for Stranger Things. It it's absolutely a nod. Is. Yeah. It's a nod to A Nightmare on Elm Street because you've got the, I mean, for lack of a better word, um, like a horror ingenue. Yes. You know? like That's, that's exactly what she is. Yeah. And because she's just, she's very like... She's very plain looking. She's mm-hmm. just like a normal high schooler. And yeah. that's kind of how Nancy and Stranger Things is. Like just a normal yeah. high schooler. And then like clearly Steve is based off of Glenn here. Exactly. Down it's to the hair, the, the outfit, hair, yep. the kind of dopey like uselessness. Uselessness. Yes. He's so useless in this. I said like the, the thesis of this film is like don't like Glenn is useless. <laughs> Glenn sucks. <laughs> he just falls asleep. Every time. He's um, a very sleepy boy. He's a very sleepy boy. But yeah, so so we meet Nancy and we meet Glenn. And they stay over at Tina's house uh, because Tina's mom is has gone out of town. But then Tina's boyfriend, Rod, who is Big also Rod. very hot. Um, Big Rod is hot. He's very hot. He comes over, of course, because the, parent, the parents are gone. Mm-hmm. Um, what else do you do in high school? Uh, so Tina falls asleep and... She has a similar dream. She's being chased by Freddy. And it wakes Rod up. Yeah. uh, Because Tina's going just completely nuts, which this scene is actually pretty cool because she's, you know, she's under the covers 
Yeah. And, you know, you kind of get this flip flop of like her reality and, or her dream and then like what's really going on. Yeah. She's she's like under the cover. She's like thrashing. She's kind of like screaming. She's trying to, you know. And then all of a sudden she's being like dragged up the wall to the ceiling. There's like blood everywhere at this point. It's amazing. And it's incredible. It's so funny. One of my roommates walked in while we were watching this and, and she was like, She's not having an orgasm, is she? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, if she is, then I have never had one because I'll have what she's having, right? I was like, what? <laughs> it, it just got crazy. But so she's she's basically being fatally slashed. Yeah. But and and nobody else can see it. We're, we can mm-hmm. only see the damage being done. Right. We can't see the damager. So he <laughs> Rob's like, fuck this shit, I'm out. And <laughs> Nancy and Glenn are like like wake up and and they find Tina covered in blood and just dead and they're like what the fuck um so then guess what happens guess who the prime suspect is Rod so he gets arrested by Nancy's father of course it's like these towns are so incestuous with that sort of thing (laughs) it's like yeah my dad's also like a cop yeah and he's like I didn't do it I didn't do it, but they were like, you were the only one in the room with her. You had to have been the one to do it. Yeah, and, and so, it's a brutal murder. So, like, yes, you're coming with us. Yeah. So, Freddie's like, uh-huh, Tina, check. Next victim, <laughs> which his next victim is Nancy. Mm-hmm. Duh. Um, so, Nancy uh, falls asleep in class again, as you do in high school, because that shit's boring. And she has a similar dream and learns that he calls himself Freddie. Um, she's being she's chased uh, to the boiler room and burns her arm on a pipe in this dream. Yeah, but it's not accidental to be point. I want to point that out that like she very much does that on oh, purpose yes, to wake yes. herself up. Yes, because we see her do that a bunch throughout this series of like attempts on her life. Which again, I love Nancy as a final girl. So resourceful. I love Nancy. She is a dream role. She is yeah. She's resourceful. She's smart. She has agency. She's, she's a little bit crazy. Yeah. She, definitely. <laughs> definitely. She's like reading the anarchist cookbook. <laughs> yes. I love Nancy. I she do doesn't too. get enough like because every everything else kind of overshadows her, but she does not get enough praise. No. I am here for Nancy. That's why she's one of our scream queens. Mm-hmm. She again has so much agency in this and it has nothing to do with her shithead boyfriend played by Johnny Depp. <laughs> I love Nancy. So it works. She wakes up uh, by burning herself on said boiler. And she notices that it's the burn mark is real. Yeah. She sees it on her arm, which is just like we saw the cuts in Tina's uh, nightgown. Mm-hmm. So Nancy goes to see Rod at the police station. And Rod kind of tells her exactly what happened to Tina. Yeah. Exactly what he saw. And then also told her about his recent nightmares. Um, so Freddie is doing some double duty here. Yeah. And um, n- then Nancy's like, yep, it was Freddie. Not Rod. Freddie fucking killed her. And so, so then we get this... <laughs> Awesome scene, which is apparently coded as masturbation, mm-hmm. where Nancy is in the bathtub and, you know, just chilling. She's on yeah. a vibe. She's, you know, she's doing her own thing, but then she falls asleep. I love this shot, though, of the glove reaching yes. up out in between her legs. It's awesome. It's such a clever shot. Agreed. Yeah. 
Because there are a lot of ways that you can do that, but that was... The scariest way. Yes. Which so, so many amazing iconic horror moments happen where in the when we're in the shower in the tub because a you're vulnerable Mm because you're butt-ass fucking naked correct um and you're trying to relax usually oh i shower in a full suit (laughs) that's weird birthday suit ha hilarious i'm fucking funny you're canceled um good <laughs> i but can finally rest <laughs> i can finally rest and b because it's something that every single human on the fucking planet can relate to yes like everyone bathes i mm-hmm. hope and so she falls asleep in the bathtub and is nearly drowned by freddie as we were saying another um, great shot just with her like mm-hmm. being pulled under uh, yes. there's actually a reference to this and get out the sunken place is a reference yeah. to the shot the way that uh Jordan Peele wanted to shoot this was based on Wes Craven's shot from Nightmare on Elm Street. That's awesome. I definitely noticed that, but that's cool that yeah. it's like confirmed. I love that Jordan Peele's joining this club of directors who are just like, I'm going to make references to all my favorite people. I'm so down. I yeah. love I love that. Like, pass it on, you know? Yeah. I really wish Wes Craven had been alive to see it. I think uh, he would have loved it. Totally. And then, and then also going back to Stranger Things, I think the Upside Down is also yes. definitely a reference to that. Just At least in the way the shot under. is like set up. Yeah, there's kind of like that misty thing, like yeah. where you always know that when you're in an alternate place. Yeah. Then Nancy's like, okay, so whenever I go to sleep, it it sucks. So I'm just gonna stay awake <laughs> forever, forever. So she uh, starts drinking hella coffee, and she starts taking hella caffeine pills. She literally chases heart. the pill with um, a cup of coffee. <laughs> and yeah, Jesus Christ, girl. And then it, it reminds me of um, what's her name, Jessie in Saved by the Bell, when she yes. gets addicted to the caffeine pills. Yeah. God. <laughs> I had a friend in college who OD'd on caffeine. Yikes! You can do it. Like I believe that it's a it's it's a stimulant. Yeah, so, yeah. you basically like start going into AFib, and then you're uh, like you just have a panic attack essentially. I mean, yeah, we saw it in Saved by the Bell when yeah, Zach is like, "You accurate. have to stop." I'm so huh? confused. <laughs> God, it's just so ridiculous. Ugh. I miss very special episodes. Very special episodes. Um. And so she's like, so Glenn lives like right across the street from her. They all live in the same block. Yeah. Yeah. Because Elm Street. It's yeah. Uh, yeah. But like, but. um. Oh. Oh, that's why it's called that. Oh, my God. <laughs> Just being a dick. Oh. But Glenn lives like right across the street from her. Yeah. And so she she has him come over to like watch her while she sleeps. Mm-hmm. Um, Kinky. <laughs> and so in. In this dream, uh, Nancy, uh, this is also a really cool scene where Nancy sees uh, Rod um, about to get killed by Freddy. And she's like, she like has a dream where she like sneaks out of her house and goes to the jail and is like, it's a it's a bird's eye view shot of her like looking into his cell and you can see Freddy come in and um, and then she is yelling for Rod. And so um that turns Freddie's attention over to her. Right. So um, Nancy gets out, like, fucks off. She just runs away <laughs> and wakes up when her alarm clock um, goes off. And it turns out that Freddie kills Rod by wrapping the bed sheets around his neck. 
like a noose, but it's so it's framed as a suicide yeah. in jail. This is a really cool scene too, yeah. because you get the sort of uh, down to the wire moment mm-hmm. where you have Nancy and Glenn trying to go and save Rod, and this stupid fucking cop Garcia, <laughs> who's like, you know, I took the night shift so I could actually not have to deal with things. Which I was like, of course. Very strong, de- uh, very accurate depiction of a police person. Yeah. Yeah, I just yeah. love this, like, the because it's it's cut, 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 right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's parallel scenes between Nancy trying to save Rod's life yeah. and Rod being strangled. Yeah. So at Rod's funeral, Nancy's parents are like, are like, um, we're we're worried, we're worried about you because you're having dreams about this dude who's killed all these all your friends. Yeah. <laughs> well, allegedly, in their minds, they're not yeah. sure. So. <laughs> Marge, who is our quintessential alcoholic mother, who just pulls vodka bottles out of every crevice of her home in this film. Um, There's one point I'm pretty sure she just poops one out. It's like, fantastic. <laughs> it's like, wow. It just like comes out of her pillowcase, like the linen closet, like just everywhere. Which is very, like that is actually true alcoholic behavior no, it's in a true, lot of ways. it's true. Like you're trying to hide it from your kids or whatever, but like I've definitely been at friends' places whose parents were, you know. Uh, addicts and I would just find shit in places. I'm like, oh, okay, not a, not as good a hiding spot as you thought it was, but you know, I I get the thought process for sure. So, <laughs> alcoholic Marge takes Nancy to the sleep clinic, like you were talking about, and in this dream, Nancy ends up grabbing Freddy's fedora and right. it's labeled Fred Krueger inside, mm-hmm. um, and pulls it from the dream into reality. Yeah, which. Another thesis of this film is don't trust men who wear fedoras. Yeah. I was on a date with someone one time who wore a lot of fedoras. My mistake. And yeah, the second I saw the fedora, that date's over. I was in we were we were in Times Square and it was particularly windy and the fedora flew off Good. his head and he ran down the street to retrieve the fedora. And I was like, I've never rooted for a hat before, but I was like, go. Be go, free. Be free. Back yeah. to your natural habitat. Ugly as fuck. Go back to where you fucking emerged from. Like <laughs> the forties. The forties. Go back to the forties, bitch. Um, but yeah. Ugh. Don't don't trust anyone with a fedora. No. So then, um, Marge. Somehow, with Marge being an alcoholic, she's kind of a productive alcoholic. Like yeah. she, at this point in the movie, she bars the windows, and. <laughs> Like barricades the house. Yeah. And so then we have like Marge is also my favorite just because of like this particular scene. So Nancy walks into the house and Marge like kind of saunters over. She has like a cigarette and she's like and Nancy's like, tell me what the fuck is going. And she's like, you want to know? Puff of a cigarette. You want to know? <laughs> come down to the cellar with me or the basement. I can't remember what the line is. But she's like, she's like, come, come downstairs. And then I'll tell you. <laughs> There's also this great bit where she's like sidling around the bottle of vodka that she's got sitting there. God. So that she like Nancy won't see it. Yes. But it's so clear that like it's just it's a nice little comedic moment. Like it's kind yeah. of just very silly. Yeah. So Nancy's like, OK, mom, I don't I'll come down to the basement with you. And so 
Nancy reveal or uh, Marge reveals that uh, Freddy Krueger was a sadistic child murderer. He didn't only kill children; he like molested them. That was the original conception. Yeah, yeah. Is that one big thing about? It was a change they made. Like they didn't include it, but it's sort of everybody was playing it that way. So the line is changed to child murderer, not molester. Got it. But it's implied. Got it. So. And basically what happened was Freddie was released from jail on like a technicality. Like, yeah. And of course the parents are pissed. So what do the parents do? They get a, a, a thing of gasoline and a thing of matches and they light that shit up. Mm-hmm. Um, so. So but Marge like still has one of his gloves. And yeah, I'm like, why would you keep that? No wonder you're still, like, haunting around. You've got, like, a relic. Yeah. Like, have you never seen a movie? I don't, <laughs> I don't know. It's just stupid. But anyway. But it also explains, like, why she's on the bottle, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. Oop. It's okay. Sorry. I yeah. I mean, you don't burn in. a man alive and not have some consequences to that. For sure. It's a nice dose of reality in this, even though this is a very campy, heightened movie. Yeah. I like that writing mode. It was really funny, though, because she's still smoking her cigarette next to an entire case of gasoline. Yeah, it's just like, oh, honey, put that out. Right. Move the can. But don't move it with your gasoline hand. Jesus. So then Nancy comes to the conclusion that Freddy is basically a vengeful ghost. Yeah. And Nancy is trying to call Glenn to warn him and let him know like she figured out this like mystery mm-hmm. and everything but Glenn's parents have taken the phone off the line because they're like that child's crazy or like the dad yeah. says that and the mom's like I feel bad for her mm-hmm. and so um, she can't get a hold of Glenn and then Glenn falls asleep while like he's his mom comes in and he he says like oh the the Miss like Naked America or so, like Miss Nude is is coming on and she's like well why are you listening to your to your songs and he's like I don't have to listen to Miss America or whatever and also I do want to mention this because Glenn's about to fucking die um, I do want to mention his juicy sweatpants <laughs> and They're, his crop top oh my. God, I love it. His little like crop football top and his little like purple juicy sweatpants are cute. It's, it's a cute, cute outfit. I would rock that. It's adorable. I love. It's so, also so funny because Nancy wants him to help with the like help kill Freddie. Yeah. She's like, yeah, come over at 1230. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I'm going to rip him out of my dream and you're going to knock him out. And he's like, well, what am I going to knock him out with? And she's like, you're a jock. Don't you have a baseball bat? Again, Glenn is useless. And it's also very funny just to picture this baby face, tiny little Johnny Depp being a jock. Like, that's just such a funny cast to me. Yeah. Especially because, like, right after this, he did Cry Baby, Mm -hmm. which is where he is at his hottest. Again, you're responding to the leather jacket. And that tongue thing he does in the jail cell number. That's also fair. So, um... So Glenn dies in probably one of the most shocking and cool deaths in a horror film it is ever. so amazing um so he gets sucked into the bed very slowly just mm-hmm. sucked and then you're like well he's gone and you think the scene's over you're wrong <laughs> there is a geyser of blood 
that just Shit. shoots up to the ceiling and it just the 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 blood pools on the ceiling defying gravity essentially and it's insane i'm just smiling because you man- mentioned wicked oh i guess i did i didn't mean to now my blood's defying gravity. Yeah, it's like, it's insane. <laughs> every single time I watch it, I just like, it fools me almost every time, which I, I'm just dumb. Because <laughs> it's just like, it's so much blood, you guys. It's, yeah, it's like shining amounts of blood. Yes, yes. It's so that scene from the elevator in, Sh- in The Shining. And they had so much trouble shooting this guys because they they decided to do it in like a rotating room yes an upside down rotating room and and they they just had so many issues so so it was water that was like cgi'd to look like blood basically okay and um and when they shot this water or poured the buckets down into the spinning room there's a light at the bottom because yeah. it's his ceiling light. Yes. So the water becomes electric, electrocute, electrified. electrified. So the water becomes electrified and some guy got electrocuted yeah. like straight up. And then That's wild. And then the water kept going. It was trapped in lights that were oh in the room. God. So the whole crew is in this spinning room. The lights go out. And but they're sparking, so the crew is in a spinning room trying to get out the window of the room while it's pitch black, and there what are just the little fuck? sparks going on. But miraculously, they got the shot, and it paid off. Fuck yes! Oh. I hope that no one died. I don't think anyone died because that would be the only way that I would say it didn't pay off. Oh but my god! Like it was, it sounded like a hell of a time to get this shot. Um, What is it about shooting horror films that just everybody gets hurt? Well, it's crazy because, I mean, it's such a fantastic idea. It's just so technically hard to pull it off. But they eventually did. I mean, I can't think of a horror movie that I've worked on or like a friend that's worked on or whatever that someone hasn't gotten damaged. Well, yeah. Like I still have a cut on my hand from where I didn't. There's a scene in a film I was in that I had to cut my own hand. It's like a part of a blood bond. Yeah. And there was a real knife that we used for like setup shots. Yeah. And a dummy knife we used for those. The script supervisor handed me the real knife, not the dummy knife. Mm. And it was very sharp because it's my knife. <laughs> and it, oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, and so I still have a scar. I can show you right here. Yeah. Where I slice my own fucking hand open because someone handed me a, a real knife and not a prop knife. It's because, I mean, horror films um, somewhat rely on shock value sometimes. <laughs> and the shocking things can be dangerous. But... Uh, <sighs> Yeah, th- so that scene is like top top ten for me of like horror yeah. film scenes because it's just always so much blood. Um, yeah. So now Nancy Nancy is alone because Glenn's dead. Um, she puts good, her good out- riddance to Glenn. She, right. Bye. <laughs> Goodbye puts, with your geyser of blood. Yeah. Um, she puts her alcoholic mother Marge to sleep. And where she produces another vodka bottle. 
That's what I'm saying. Like, they come out of every crevice of this fucking home. And Uh. so um, she asks Don, who is investigating Glenn's death, to break into the house in 20 minutes. Yeah. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to, like, I'm going to get this, which this is when we get our good Scream Queen moment. Yes. Yeah. Like, when she finds out that he's dead. So... She's like, I'm going to pull this guy into reality. I need you to come in 20 minutes. I'm going to go to sleep now. I'm going to like do the How damn thing. How resourceful is she that she's like, okay, well, my boyfriend just died in a geyser of blood. So. Uh, Got to take this into my own hands. Guess it's I gotta, fucking go time. Yep. And That's here why comes the anarchist cookbook. Fucking hell. This is why she is the best. Okay. So she rigs like booby traps around the house. There's like a yep. sledgehammer that's supposed to fall and hit him, which it does. And it's really funny. Um, and then there's like a. My favorite part is when she like does the trip wire yes. and she like plucks it like a little guitar yep. string and it's just like, all right. That's going to set off a light bulb bomb that yes, she's made with she's... shotgun shells. God, I love this bitch. Yes. She's amazing. Yes. So Nancy falls asleep, goes into the dream. It comes down to the wire, but she like she can't find him. And then she does find him. She pulls him out. He's in our reality. And then the booby traps happen. And like I said, it's hilarious. The sledgehammer just like fucking knocks knocks him a couple times. And he's like, (laughs) it's very slapstick. It is. It is. And so um, Nancy manages to light him on fire and lock him in the basement. Right. And this buys her time to be like, what the fuck, dude? Like, I'm supposed like 20 minutes have, is is past like yeah. she's screaming like dad dad like and and it's he's four a, cops trying to open a locked door. Such a it's just a bunch of men just being like, no, I got this, I got this. I, oh no, I got this, I got this. I, oh, I got this, I got this. It's like, like no, <laughs> Nancy's got this. So, um, so when the police finally arrive, they find that uh, Freddy Krueger has escaped the basement, and you see just like little footsteps that are on fire. Yes, and it leads up the stairs into Nancy's mom's room, who has slept this whole time. She had, as Debette Goldry would call it, a little cigarette nap. Oh man, that's the best SNL sketch. It's my favorite character it's- from SNL of all time. Debette Goldry, Kate McKinnon, just hilarious. It's like the the women like round table of film or something, something yeah, like yeah. that. It's always women in film round table. Yeah, like that. yeah. And like it's this, it's supposed to be this really inspiring thing. With it's like, like hosted by Aidy Bryant, and, yeah. and she has the perfect demeanor for it, where she's just like, "Well, this went out of control." <laughs> so Sheer Zameda is like Lupita Nyong'o, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, then you have like usually the guest. Like I think. Uh, you always have Marion Cotillard, but it's played by um, Cecily Strong. Cecily Strong, and you then mean you Marriott Courtyard. Marriott Courtyard, um, but yeah. So back, sorry, back, back to, to the this, cigarette nap. Back to the cigarette nap. <laughs> so uh, Nancy and Dawn find uh, a burning Freddy Krueger, just smoldering Marge, and like on top of her, very aggressively. Definitely, definitely. This is a, yeah, it's a, a it's, it's an assault scene. Yeah, revenge for Freddy. Yeah. You know. And so Don puts out the fire by like smothering it with a blanket and smart. Yeah. Um, and so you just get this moment of Freddie and Marge just vanish into the bed and it's like a on not on fire, but like an a burned up like corpse, basically. Yeah, I love it because it's like you see she he rips the blanket off and Freddie's not there anymore. But Marge is and it's just this horrifying corpse. Yeah. So then Don um, 
fucks off, leaves the room. So my job's done here. What? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. He's probably going to go cry. Um, <laughs> and so Freddie, which why would you leave Nancy in there? First of all, but she says, well, she says she'll meet him outside. I wouldn't let her. Uh, <laughs> she honestly, is a child. Honestly, that, that is no, that's fair. She is a child. I think it's stupid. I would be like, um, well, you're coming with me or I'm staying with you. You know, right. we're not leaving each other's side. So many people have fucking died. So, mm-hmm. but anyway, um, Freddie uh, rises from the bed uh, behind Nancy, which is pretty awesome. And Nancy kind of has this epiphany that Kruger is uh, what fuels him is his victim's fear. Right. And so she very calmly turns her back to him and she just like like she tells him the fuck off like you're nothing i don't care about you yeah and like has this really powerful moment again nancy is a powerful fucking bitch yes um so freddie just evaporates after he tries to kill her again yeah yeah which this is the only cgi moment where i'm like (laughs) yeah it looks pretty rough it looks pretty rough um Um, it's funny too because she's like i want my mom and my friends back you bitch yeah yeah and so now we assume that we're in, you know, the future or something. The next like, morning, yeah. The next morning. And Nancy steps outside. It's like bright, but it's foggy. And all of her friends are are, are alive and her mother is still alive. Her mother is, is uh, wishing her off to school. Where Decided she, to get sober. Yeah, yeah. She like says something about, you know, like, I'm kicking the alcohol. It just I just don't want it anymore. Yeah. And so... They say if you can't remember the day bef- the night before, it's uh, rock bottom. Right, exactly. Yep. And Nancy gets into Glenn's convertible. They're they're all going to school. It's yeah, all of her it's friends. Yeah, it's like very like classic red, bright red fifties convertible. Yes, but then the top very abruptly comes down, and it's Freddie's stripes on the top. Yep. And locks them in. Uh, Nancy's yelling for mother, mother. She calls her mother, and um, so. We've got um, the car starts just driving uncontrollably down the street to school. They're all screaming. Yeah. We see three girls in like crisp white dresses, which is always creepy. Yep. Playing jump rope, which like, why aren't y'all in school? <laughs> I know that's not the point, but um, they're a truant officer. <laughs> well, they're chanting Freddy Krueger's nursery rhyme. Uh-huh. And then Marge is grabbed by Freddy through the fucking front door window. And just and dragged in. Credits. It's so good. Yes. I love I love the end of this movie because it's it's obviously not real. Yeah. It's obviously a dream. Yeah. It's so fatalistic. It's yeah. so just like, oh, man, Nancy, everything you did was right. But you still died. I know, it's so sad. And she doesn't die because she's in the later sequels. But yes, like yes. it's another it's another nightmare. Yeah. It's it sucks that it's still I mean, PTSD is real, but it's uh, yeah. you know, it's it's it sucks that it's still affecting her in the way that it is. Um, but I I definitely want to dive into the dream logic in so and, and just like and just like the idea the use of dreams yes. not even really just the dream logic because you always know that you're in a dream when in this film because of like the there's a fog yes um and like you said when you're when you're put in places in dreams it's really cluttered and and it doesn't the space doesn't make sense right time doesn't work right yeah You'll, like she does that a lot where she'll be walking mm-hmm. around in the dream and suddenly she's like miles away but it's 
literally two seconds yeah. and we never see her break. Yeah, exactly. Like, how did she get to the jail so fast? You right. know, like on foot. It's crazy. Or to the warehouse where he was killed. Yeah, yeah. So so I, I love this movie's use of dreams and its use of um, playing with that borderline of what reality is because yeah. with the parents being able to see the deaths, like... Yeah. Like with Rod seeing Tina's death, with uh, Glenn's mother walking in and seeing the geyser, the geyser, Mm -hmm. like, you know, that part of this shit is real, but it's happening to these people in their dreams. So I love that this is such a fantastic idea for a movie, because, again, Everyone has nightmares. Everyone, you know what I mean? Like that is the huge part of horror is the relatability of the situation. Um, We obviously go and see movies to remove ourselves from our current situation. Mm -hmm. But a lot of what makes something scary is how relatable it is. Yeah. So I absolutely love that this movie plays with that line of like what is real and what is not because it also keeps you guessing. Yes, this is a, you know, how however old 40-year-old movie almost. Yeah. But it's still when you first see it, it plays with like it plays with your perception of what reality is within the world that they're showing us. Absolutely. And I think that is so fun. It, it it's so engaging. And I think that that is exactly why this was such a huge hit. Definitely. I mean, this is such a brilliantly done film. Even as dumb and campy and silly as it is. Yeah. It is a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. It, not just for the horror aspects, not just for the comedy aspects, but just in the way that it's done. Like, it's a very well-told story. And that's what I love about Craven. Yeah. Craven always tells a good story. And I, like, I, I praised him for um, the... The advancement of the final girl in um, Scream mm-hmm. in our episode um, two weeks ago. I, I'm just going to give him further praise for this one. This came out before Scream and he still got the final girl right. Yeah. Look at Red Eye. Yeah. I yeah. mean, like, he, he's very good at casting a resourceful, strong woman who's not a Mary Sue. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And he was able to make. This movie is very sexual. It is. He, he was, but he was able to make a very sexual movie in not like a creepy, gross way where I'm concerned about like his morals. Exactly. No. You know, like sometimes I'm like, I, yeah. Sometimes, you know, when you go to see a movie that's like really fucked up, but it's fucked up in that way where you're just like, okay, this person might have some issues. Yeah, you know I'm, what I, I mean? I don't think I like this person. Yeah. Like this, this is, there are two. It's like those grown men that that direct the um, high school shows that just like it shows too many boobs or something. And I'm yeah, just like, what, it's what very, are you just, doing, it's man? It's very male gazy. It's like yeah. these are supposed to be sixteen year olds. I know they're like all thirty, but right. like, but it's supposed to be sixteen year olds. Gross. It's gross. But but he is kind of he is the opposite of that. Uh-huh. None none of these teenagers are sexualized beyond just knowing that they're in a relationship together. Well, and they're they're in control of their sexuality yeah you know what i mean and so with the there are like implied assault scenes but not from person to person from freddy to children exactly and because they're children and they all actually look like kids that's the thing is like that's another other than uh, other than big rod 
Yeah, yeah. They all look like teenagers. They're in high school, yeah. Yeah, and they, they were, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or, like, in their early 20s at worst. Yeah. But, I, you know, there's... I like that the the sex the sexual relationships are clearly consensual. Yes. I also like it. There's a um, a lot of people have said this. Uh, Heather Longenkamp included that it mm-hmm. is the feminist movie, and I think yeah. Wes Craven's a feminist filmmaker to a certain degree. I mean, yeah, because because the way like I keep saying the way that he treats the final girl is a little bit is a little bit radical when you look at the other movies and the way yeah. that they treat the final girl. And that this is why I respect him so much because, you know, my whole, my my entire um, overarching thesis of this podcast is like, we need to treat women better in horror films. And Absolutely. I like to, that's the part that I like to pick apart and analyze. Mm-hmm. And with this one, I'm just like, fucking go like yes nancy is smart she's probably the she's the smartest one in the movie by a long shot by a long shot she is and 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 just by any means of smart of being smart she has common sense she's resourceful yeah she knows what she wants she goes for it she faces her fears Mm -hmm. she like she does all of these things she's interacting she is this story Yes. Like, Freddie is a part of it, but she is this story because Absolutely. her friends are fucking dying. Yeah, she, is the she best, takes charge of it. Yeah, she is the best possible scenario of a final girl. At least one of them, yeah. Yeah. And I think, I like the way that this movie deals with sexuality, because I want to talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Um, not just in the consensual aspects of sexuality and, like, kids taking control of their own sexuality. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is the age that you start doing that. But it's Definitely. it's nice to see that, it, like, there's no pressuring. Like, Rod doesn't pressure Tina. Tina wants no. to fuck. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's not implied to me that Nancy is a virgin. No. It's, it's... There's no explicit line. Like, we don't see her and Glenn together. Yeah. But, like, he climbs through her window all the time. Yeah. There's at least hand shit going on. Well, yeah. And she has, you know, <laughs> she has an absent, she has two absent parents. Right. You know, so, like, yeah, she's not, she's definitely coded as how the final girl usually is. And I put that, mm-hmm. like, in quotes, which means she she does look very, quote, unquote, innocent. Yeah, in, virginal or whatever. Virginal, yeah. like, whatever, whatever, all of that. So that is signaled, but... With it not being overt, I'm okay with it. Yeah. And there's also the implied masturbation scenes. So yeah. the original, one of the original versions of the script had her, instead of sleeping in the tub, masturbating in the tub. Yeah. And, and that's why the clawed hand comes up. Yeah. And I, I fully, I fully buy that. I said that, I said to you last night when we were rewatching it, I was like, I was like, yeah, honestly, to be comfortable in the tub, you usually don't have your legs open that wide unless you're doing it. (laughs) I'm just being honest. I'm just like in in the position that she's in and she looks like she's really enjoying herself. Like, Uh go for it, girl. Yes. Like, you are in your own zone. You've got your own vibe going. Like, I You've got support your bubbles. You. You've got your inflatable pillow that sucks yes. to the top. You are positioned to have a nice little bath. She's having a good time. But so, Glenn's is also a masturbation scene. Yeah, that's true. Because he's about to watch Miss Nude America. But he he's, falls asleep. Yeah. He's a very sleepy boy. He can't even masturbate. He's so useless. <laughs> but it's This like, is only yeah. feeding into my theory. Yes, but he's, like, gonna, like, clearly like jerk off watching yeah this thing. no he's definitely and then is. it's an explosion out of the bed which oh, is supposed to be amazing semen right amazing. like that's that yeah, yeah that's yeah. coming 
Yeah. So that's a lot of the implication there, too. So they're living yeah. their own sexual lives. Even if we don't see the sex, it's an implication of yeah. it that I find really fascinating. It's a really nicely done sort of like um, metaphorical moments of this. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. And it's also, I love what, uh, I love that Robert Englund really understands the movie, mm-hmm. not just his character, but the movie. Because he said, um, and I'm, I'm quoting him here. Um mm-hmm. In Nightmare, all the adults are damaged. They're alcoholic. They're on pills. They're not around. Um, and then uh, Renee Blakely was like, yeah, the parents basically verge on being villains. The totally parents for are to neglect, blame for so much. Yeah. Neglect. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And so England also said he's like, yeah, the adolescents, these teens have to like deal with this. Um, on their own. Yeah. And Heather Longingcamp is the last girl standing and she lives and she defeats Freddy. Mm-hmm. Um, I love all of that. Like, I think that everybody understood the film they were in. Yeah. This is another one we were, as we've talked about before, everybody understands the project. And I do, I, I, I do love that we are, we are, we are demonizing sexual predators and yes. we are demonizing child murderers. We're, de- you know what I mean? Like we're yeah. not, this is by the nature of the plot. We have to talk about it, but we are not, not in any hint or way does this movie glorify any of that or even make no. it okay. It demonizes it, mm-hmm. which is great. That's why I think that this is a great movie to watch. It's not, I don't think it's like damaging. I think it has a very strong message. Absolutely. Again, of like, uh, of like, you know, these parents have, you know, been neglecting their kids and they're having, they're having to deal with it on their own. Um, this also answers your favorite, one of your favorite questions that you always ask in the podcast. Where the fuck are the parents? Oh, we know where they are. We know where they are. They're loaded. They're loaded (laughs) and absent. Like they, yeah, exactly. Um, just like kind of don't give a fuck. Like also another thing that I say a lot that I don't think this movie falls under is Google would have really helped this bitch out. Nancy's read enough books. Yeah. She knows what to do. She read the anarchist cookbook. She don't need, she don't, she don't need Google for the first time ever. I'm saying that (laughs) she did not need Google. Yeah. Um, Uh, (laughs) So I just, yeah, I think this movie is so fucking fun. I actually have not seen any of the sequels. I haven't either because I always, I've seen the second one. I always get really, I always get really nervous that sequels are going to ruin the first one for me. So I always, I I always eventually watch them, but I'm not the first one to line up at the theater to see sequels. It's a weird thing that I have. Oh, Um, totally. Um, I always eventually get to them though. Halloween two was great, but Halloween three is awful. Yeah, exactly. I get kind of nervous. Friday the 13th two is amazing. And the first one's amazing. Mm Mm-hmm. I vaguely remember the second one. I've been meaning to rewatch it so I can watch the uh, the documentary on it. Oh yes, that's on Shutter yes. right now. The Scream Queen. Yes, I also I also um I also wanted to point everyone to um, if you love this movie, maybe you've already seen this, but there is a documentary about this movie. Yeah, called Never Never Sleep Again: The Elm Street Legacy. Which, if you want to know some mad behind the scenes stuff, like like what we were talking about with uh, the death of Glenn, you should watch this. Yeah. Um, I we can link where we find it. I don't know off the top of my head where it's yeah, streaming or I if it's it streaming. Ago, but I don't know. I'm sure you can find you can find a lot on Amazon Prime, but we will look that up for you and put it in um, the description. Definitely. So and then there's the other. What is the other one called? It's called Scream Queen: My Nightmare on Elm Street. That's right. So it's about the second film in the series, which is supposedly the gayest horror film of all time. Yeah. 
And so, which makes me want to watch it now. Yeah, and Maybe. It's, it's I saw it years ago, but I don't yeah. like like on cable or something like that. You yeah. know, like staying over at my grandparents or something like that. And so and that one we know is on Shutter. Yes, that one. That one that was documentary actually is for sure on Shutter. Right that now. was on our list. It's actually if it you... was produced by Shutter. Cool. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know that. I mean, that one's actually on our Instagram list for Shutter. Sure is. Um, so I just wanted to talk about one more little thing with this, and then I mean, I've I've, I've praised it so much. I'm like, <laughs> my head's spinning. Um, so another reason that I want to I want to go back to the last scene, um, sure. in this movie. So. I do. I love that this that it sets itself up for a sequel, but with Freddie coming back, yeah, and grabbing them. Whether that's you know that's obviously being coded as a dream, mm-hmm. but what I love is that we we aren't sure if Nancy survived. Mm-hmm. We we are now because yeah. we have sequels. But at the time going to the theater to see this, mm. at the time going to the theater to see this, you weren't sure because that, yeah. everything was coded as a dream and then you go back into that dream in the last sequence but then freddie comes back so you're like oh maybe nancy didn't win maybe freddie won um so and what i love going beyond that into the sequels is that you find out what really must have been going on in the first one since nancy does survive yeah is she can still kind of transcend through because she because the 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 kids playing um playing in the front yard mm-hmm. are essentially the ones that he murdered. Right. You know, That's everyone the that he yeah. murdered is in this dream. Right. With Nancy. So that gives you the idea that Nancy can still transcend through the this dream state where she can see all of the people that he's killed and him and but yet she's still alive and has her own reality. Love that. So I think that that is also just a, a really cool note that, again, sets itself up for a sequel if in a beautiful yeah. way. Yeah, but it doesn't have to. You can just leave it on a question. Exactly. Yeah, it's a, it can, it's a, a semi-closed loop, right? Yeah, which I um, honestly really, really appreciate. Yeah. I will say, just for the sake of, you know, not doing it, not having it be a um, just complete love fest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give it to me. I. Uh, I've praised a lot of the shots in this. Mm-hmm. They are the only good ones. Yes. No, no, that's, that's <laughs> the completely cinematography true. fucking sucks in this. Oh my God. Well, and like, also, like I said, when Freddy disappears, that CGI is. Yeah. And I'm fine with that. Like that, that doesn't bother me because I know I'm watching a film from 84. Yeah. But fuck, this is not a pretty movie. Um, no, not like, at all. You know, we've talked about how, uh, how gorgeous last week we were talking about how gorgeous Psycho is and how great Scream is for a lot of its shots. Yeah. This is one that I'm just like, and actually this, and even Scream's not actually that great on the shot selection either. Mm-hmm. Uh, it all makes sense. But it's something I think that Craven's not, was not like particularly worried about. Yeah. He's worried about telling a story and it, and getting the shots. Yeah. And he's got a few that he wants to do. So a few like really cool big ones he wants to do. Everything mm-hmm. in between seems like he doesn't give a fuck about it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, makes sense. The Hills Have Eyes is like that too. You yeah. you shoot the iconic ones, you get those right, and everything in between is just like move the camera. Yeah, and so I I don't. That's one of the things I don't like about him mm-hmm. as a as a filmmaker, just because it's so opposite of me. Yeah. Where I want to make sure every second, second to second, every single piece of this movie looks good. Right, because it is an aesthetic medium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's marking checkpoints. You know, 
Yeah. Uh, there's no intention, it doesn't feel like, behind a lot of the shots. Um, a lot of them are really ugly. Mm-hmm. Like, it, weird angles for no reason. And yeah. not because it's spooky, not because it's off-putting, just because it's like, here's how Get it's going to be now. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's like, this is vaguely off-putting, so here's where it's going to be. But it's very lazy. Yeah. Um, and I, I know that he's very freeform. Like, he's not a, he's the he's the opposite of Hitchcock. He's not a perfectionist. He just right. wants to do fun. He wants to have fun. Right. Well, and it's also... It's also fun to see that both of those can be successful. Yeah, um, exactly. Like, I'm not bothered by the bad cinematography. It, it puts me off a bit where it's yeah. like, I'm not going to say that this is my favorite because it's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's it, not... it just doesn't, it, a lot of it doesn't land for me because of the way it's shot. Like, I don't, I just That's don't fair. like where they put the camera. I think it's stupid where they put the cameras, like that sort of stuff. That's fair. But... The story is so compelling and so interesting, and the act, the the characters, and everybody knowing what kind of movie they're in is all very good. Yes, but that's my my biggest complaint is that it's just an ugly movie. Yeah, and that's I mean that's that's good to note. And like I said, it's it's kind of cool to see that in a genre, a lot of different you know methods can also just be celebrated. Like there there will there will be shortcomings that come with that, but it's just like how someone makes it is how someone makes it and and they end up being their trademarks or yeah you exactly know? yeah it's, and it's it's yeah it's why i'm drawn to directors that are so focused on shots yeah um that's why i'm drawn to hitchcock why i'm drawn to carpenter why i'm drawn to kusama uh yeah karen kusama who we've covered a couple of her pieces on here and will be later this month um yeah. so i yeah it's it's funny that like I can see the pattern in my own. I want good writing and I want great shots. Right. Uh, Peel is the same way. Peel is an incredible shot selection. Oh, absolutely. He's yeah. one of the 100%. smartest eyes I've ever seen behind a camera. I honestly, like, I I will, if the if movie theaters are an option, I will line up to see Whatever he film. does next. Whatever yeah. he does next. I've seen both, both of his in theaters and they are fucking incredible on the big screen he knows how to shoot for, for large that format yeah. yeah that's awesome um so yeah i i think we should uh wrap it up right yeah that's a that's basically if i've got everything i've got to say so um, if we were to wrap up this episode in like a couple words a couple sentences we're gonna say fuck yeah nancy the best final girl ever so resourceful and also the best scream queen yes yes uh not great cinematography uh, Wes Craven is great at making a teen movie. Yep. We've seen it several times. And yeah, great use of uh, dream versus reality and dream logic. And blending it all together. Yeah. yeah. Making you constantly making us question wonder. what is real. Yeah, exactly. It's how I live my life. So yeah, you guys know where to find us. We're on Instagram at Horror Babes Podcast, on Twitter at Horror Babes Pod, and we are HorrorBabesPod.com. Uh, we hope you join us for the second half of uh our scream queens october yeah so you know we've got a lot more great fun content coming out we actually just filmed another video yesterday that'll be out before this episode but i hope you enjoyed it uh we've got a bunch more shit coming your way like i said we are working ourselves to the bone because we love you and we love this month and we're packing everything in that we can yeah and quick shout out to seth haken for our awesome dope theme song thank you seth thank you bb Mm-hmm. So till next time. Bye, bye babes. Hey, babe. Yeah, babe.
যাবে